Listener Production. Hello, Gistners. Welcome back to Just the Gist, a weekly-ish podcast in which ordinarily Rosie Waterland and I, Jacob Stanley, give you just the gist of what you need to know about a story we think you'll find interesting enough to discuss at a dinner party. This episode is a little bit different from our standard story-based episodes. We've got a special guest. He is a man with a very handsome stare and a very beautiful <laughs> slender neck. It is Mr. <laughs> Lewis Hobart. Lewis, welcome. Thank you so much. That is a juice. beautiful introduction. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, my neck is slender. It could snap any moment <laughs> with a big, strong breeze. Um, my stare... I'm glad that you think it's handsome. Some have called it too cold. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, mm. you do have those pale blue eyes. Yeah, yeah, I can see <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, you can Piercing. see the anger in there now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I I say those two things about the handsome stare and the beautiful slender neck based on <laughs> some references that some listeners might understand if they saw your recent TV show that came out exactly one week ago. Yes. Called Australia's Best Competition Competition. It is a sensational show, a sensational concept for the show, and we are going to get into talking about it. But before we do, let's get to know you a little bit. Lewis Hobber, can you please give us just the gist of who you are and what you do? Yes. Uh, well, my name is Lewis Hobber. I have a beautiful neck. Uh, <laughs> I work in radio. I work on Triple J. Mm-hmm. I do the drive show there uh, with my friend Michael Hing. The mm-hmm. show is called Hobber and Hing. Uh, I used to do radio, in fact, with Veronica Milsom, who you who, who you've had friend of the pod, yeah. yes, who is so wonderful, and I love her. Uh, I work generally just in comedy. Mm-hmm. I do a little bit of standing up comedy, a little bit of sitting down mm-hmm. uh, radio, and now some TV as well. And uh, is that enough detail? That's just more, that's just work. You're a very very busy busy man. Yeah, I do a couple of podcasts as well. Oh, yeah, what are they called? Well, can I say I have one, I do one that's called Simply the Jest, uh-huh. which is so <laughs> name-wise, mm. it really is it, in just no way similar to... Just Jest. And do you know huh? what? I was I listened to to Just the Gist, and the fact that you call your listeners Gistners and get suggestions, <laughs> and when I was, as a person who has a podcast called Simply the Jest, that never occurred to me, and I kicked myself. <laughs> when I heard you say that, I was like, oh, we could have done that. If so only. well done. Oh, what can I say? Yeah. I have this gift for terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible punnery. Um, thank you for that rundown. So just the jest. Can you tell us? Oh, simply the jest. Oh, simply the uh, jest. So, uh, that, that, so it's uh, obviously a, a play on Simply the Best, mm. uh, the iconic song, and it is a storytelling podcast where – uh, our friend Jess Perkins mm-hmm. comes on our radio show and we pick a topic. Mm-hmm. It could be anything like jump or car or whatever, bus. And and everyone in the country just calls up our radio show and tells uh-huh. the, their very best story on that topic. Uh-huh. And in the end, we pick the best one. Uh-huh. And it's, I mean, it's, look, it's Triple J listeners who I love, mm. um, but it means that the stories are often about being kind of, uh, I don't know how sweary I can be on this podcast. Um, munted? Yeah, munted. munted. Let's say munted. <laughs> be quite munted or getting into trouble overseas. It's a lot of like lovable gronks getting into mischief. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any memorable standouts? Oh, gosh, so many. We had one episode once where somebody called up. I think the episode was Neighbours. Uh-huh. And we had this person call up who said, oh, I had this neighbour growing up 
And um, he was just this old man, but he had a pool and we loved going into his pool and he would always let us play in his pool. Anyway, you know, by the time I turned 20, my parents were like, telling this story about how I used to know George Harrison from the Beatles. Mm. And I'm like, I never knew George Harrison. And I'm like, you know that old man whose pool you used to play in? That was George Harrison from the Beatles. And we were like, that's an amazing story. But then somebody else called and she was like, well, my mum used to live next door to um, John Lennon. And we were like, uh-huh. no way. And then we ended up across the hour Stop it. getting somebody who had lived next door to every one of the Beatles. No. And one of the stories ended up being that there was a private chef who worked with Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> and um and um why is uh, the uh Paul James McCartney oh. lived across the road from Mariah Carey or had okay. a house across the road from Mariah Carey mm. and Paul McCartney popped over to Mariah's house and was like hello Mariah I'm having a little party <laughs> over the road you want to come <laughs> and our sh- and she's like bring your chef and the, the sh- this Australian chef was like oh my god I'm going with Mariah Carey to meet Paul McCartney. <laughs> and Mariah Carey was just like, oh, I'm a bit tired, let's not go. <gasps> and so he never got to go. Oh, crushing. But it was, um, it was that was a really funny episode. Okay, we're going to find the link to that and we're going to put it in our show notes. <laughs> oh, that's very kind. I really, really want to listen to that myself. All right, so we have been playing a game of two truths and a lie with mm. all of our guests over the last few months to get to know them a little bit. So whenever you're ready, okay. take it away with your three statements about yourself and Lindsay and I will spot the... Do you know what? I always find these two truths and a lie very – I get quite competitive. I'm a competitive person, which Uh is why I've done this TV show. (laughs) And I like the idea that I could lie to someone. Uh But I don't know if I'm a very good liar. So I'm going to really try to trick you both. Mm. So be ready for this. (sighs) Okay? Yeah. We're prepped. Let's do this thing. Okay. Lie or truth one. Mm. (laughs) I was once hypnotised to overcome my fear of custard. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. Number two? I once accidentally broke in to a penguin exhibit. (laughs) (laughs) And number three? I represented Australia in rollerblading. Uh Aha. All right. So... We have a bit of an unfair advantage here. We know from watching your TV <gasps> show course. that number three is in the truth pile. Yes. Oh, God. Idiot, Lewis. <laughs> Come on. Which means... I didn't expect you would do the research. Uh, <laughs> we always do our homework on this show, my friend. So that leaves penguin exhibit... Or custard. Or custard. Okay. How old were you when you were hypnotised? I was in my 20s. Okay, mm. <laughs> so you'd spent two decades yep. living in fear of a dessert, terrifying and couldn't fear. take it any mm-hmm. any longer. Mm. Or penguin? Where mm. was the penguin exhibit? France. In France. <laughs> <laughs> in Paris or um, in the south? In the actually, south. yeah, oh. uh, near Marseille. Okay, all right. Lindsay, I'll let you go first. I'm going to say, just because I desperately want custard to be true, that penguins is a lie. Okay. Well, I'm going with custard is a lie because of the way your eyes darted up to the right when I asked you how old you were. I can't picture anyone in their 20s just 
being that desperate to pay money to be able to um, live in a world filled with custard. So I'm going custard. <laughs> okay, so one, oh, this is interesting. I didn't. I thought you might team up. So one of you gets to be right. Yeah. Okay. Always. Yep. And I'm winning. By the way, I've, is that I've right? got more correct than Lindsay has. Not to brag, but really? I'm competitive too. Good. <laughs> well, the winner, the person who's correct, is Lindsay. Yes! <laughs> I was, in fact. Hypnotized to overcome my fear of custard <laughs> in my twenties. <laughs> Walk us through this from the very beginning, please. Well, I I don't know if you have any food textural issues, but I have a lot. Like, uh-huh. there's a lot of food textures that I just don't like, uh-huh. and my number one problem is, is foods that I think sit halfway between a solid and a liquid. Uh-huh. Like, if you if you're like it's a liquid, I love it. Uh-huh. If it's a solid, I love it. If it's in the middle. Don't trust it. That's my sweet spot. Really? Yep. The soggier, the better, in my opinion. (laughs) Interesting. What do you think about jelly, like wobbly jelly? Love it. Huh. Yeah, you and I could never eat together. (laughs) I hate it. It makes me, like, gag and, like, wretch. I really hate it. And uh, our mutual friend, Veronica Milsom, thought that it would be very funny to get a hypnotist into our radio show and hypnotise me live on the radio to... Get over my fear of custard. Uh-huh. So we got. It's quite hard to find a hypnotist who will do um, like a radio stunt. Mm-hmm. So uh, we found a guy, but he's like an RSL hypnotist. He like <laughs> he's convinces people to act like chickens, and he's obviously very good. But he wasn't quite ready to go into like the deep seated trauma of my food issues. Mm-hmm. So we he sat me down and he hypnotized me for like twenty minutes. And Veronica was on air, being like, "I can see him. He, he's going to come in any minute." Anyway, the hypnotist is like, you are now, you know, under my spell or whatever. Mm. And I was not under his spell. <laughs> so I, as we, all, there were, but there were like 10 cameras, the whole station. And so as we're like walking towards the thing, I grab his arm and I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm not hypnotized. Like, I'm not under. I don't know what to do. Mm. And he didn't know what to do because he was live on radio. So he turned around to me, panicked, and went, just play along. <laughs> And so the two of us went into this radio studio and everyone thought I was hypnotised mm. except me and the hypnotist. Mm-hmm. And so then there's a giant bowl of custard oh. in front of me and I <gasps> genuinely hate it, right? And I am not hypnotised. <gasps> but everyone thinks I am. And so I think, oh, this hypnotist, he knows that I hate it and that I'm not under, so he'll be kind to yeah. me. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> he is like... He knows good entertainment. Yeah, exactly. He's like, bury your face in it. Oh. <laughs> I'm burying my face in it. And there was, a, there was a video that went up on, like, the Triple J YouTube and everything, and most of my genuine disgust has been edited out. But if you watch very closely, there is a moment where you see me vomit <gasps> and swallow it. Oh! <laughs> oh! Oh! Wow, so it didn't enhance your life in any way. It made it that much worse. It made it so much worse. Entrenched the fear deeper. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I've never touched the disgusting stuff since. <laughs> well played, Veronica. Well played. Yeah, I know. She's a monster. She's yeah. my dearest friend and an absolute monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations, Lindsay. Um, so... Penguins was a lie. Penguins was a lie. Yeah. Although I did once try to break into a zoo in France, um, but it was a very high wall and we couldn't get in. <laughs> Which enclosure were you trying to get into? Well, we just generally the zoo. Okay. We were just, I was like 19 and I was walking home from a bar with a friend and he was a friend I just met, as is the way and when you're travelling around overseas. Mm. And he was like, he was American. He's like, let's break into this zoo. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, all right. The next day... 
I was like, hey, man, that was pretty crazy when you told me to break into that zoo. And he's like, yeah, man, sorry. When I, I was in a really bad car accident and they took out a fist-sized part of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I now have no impulse control Fully. and no care for the well-being of others. Totally. That was his excuse. And I'm like, all right. And I was like, well, anyway, he, and then he left. And I was like, where are you off to next? He's like, I'm off to Africa to feed lions. <laughs> and he was. <laughs> so has he ever heard from again? Well, actually, you know what? He ended up visiting me in my t- hometown of Geelong in uh-huh. Victoria, and it was the night before New Year's Eve, and he came to Geelong, which is a weird place to visit mm. if you're not if you're from America. Yeah. And I lost him. <laughs> so, and the next day, I was like, he didn't. I didn't have his number. I didn't know how to f- get in contact with this man. And so I was just driving around Geelong, <laughs> just trying to find Bradford, and it's like big nuggety American. And eventually I got an email from him. He's like, hey, I'm at the Geelong Library. Come and pick me up. And I'm like, okay. So I drove to the Geelong Library and he came out in his underwear wet. (laughs) And I'm like, Bradford, what happened to you? And he said he'd woken up in a pool with a man pointing a gun at him. And he'd run away and then he had had no way to contact me. And so he'd, um, yeah, he'd gone to a library and emailed me. From what, everything else was just a blacked out blur? Yeah, because of the brain. Because of the brain, oh, John. No. <laughs> wow, are you still in touch with Bradford too? No, this day? you know what? Oh. I haven't spoken to Bradford in like 10 years. We've got to get you to track him yeah. down. Yeah, <laughs> should track down Bradford. We need an update on Bradford, please. <laughs> yeah, I should probably, we're still friends on Facebook. I can see what he's up to. Get on to it. Do you it. want me to do that now? <laughs> Between <laughs> now and when the episode comes Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. I'll do that. I don't want to get distracted on looking at my phone. Get into it. All right. Um, so we are going to talk a little bit now about your fantastic new show, Australia's Best Competition Competition, the oiliest show <laughs> on TV right now, question mark. Um, tell us a bit more about it and tell us some of your highlights. Yeah. So the show is me and my radio partner and friend, comedian Michael Hing. Mm-hmm. We travel around the country to uh, a lot of small towns and visit their weird competitions mm-hmm. and we enter them. But because we had this original idea and we're like, hey, let's let's just go and enter these competitions and it'll be fun and we'll put it on TV. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, oh, we're going to lose everything <laughs> and that won't be fun. So then our second idea was, well, if we run our own competition, mm-hmm. then we can't lose. Then we're in mm-hmm. control. So it's a competition of competitions. We enter the competitions, we rate the competitions, and at the end of the show, we pick the best one in Australia. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, yeah, wood chopping, the oiliest one, as you said, which is Turkish oil wrestling, <laughs> an ancient and noble sport, uh, and a kind of horny one, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, also drag racing, like as in drag car racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do an Estedford, an all-ages like dancer Stedford. We enter the Archibalds, the uh-huh. most prestigious painting prize. Mm-hmm. What am I forgetting? Oh, a 42-kilometre cross-country ski race. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty epic. <laughs> it was epic. It's, I think that's all. I think that's all. Thereabouts. Um, and you give away at the top of the show that during one of the competitions you unfortunately <laughs> suffered yeah. a pretty bad accident. I did. Oh, yeah. Actually, I f- no, I forgot two competitions. One of them was the one I broke my leg at, uh-huh. uh, which is... It's as so bizarre the event. Uh, you would have seen it. It is. <laughs> Don't give away where you broke your leg. Okay. Please. All right. I won't. Because I had the experience, and Lindsay had the same experience when we were watching you do each and every competition. I kept thinking, "This is the one where he breaks his leg oh, for sure." Great. Yep. This is going to be the one. Oh, yep. He's getting in a car in Queensland. Yep. He's going to end <laughs> up with broken legs. Um, I could see you falling off the wood chopping block when I 
saw you wearing your leotard and realised you were going to be dancing. I was yes. like, oh, this could be it and yes. it's going to be very, very public. So I want to leave it a mystery for I love everyone. that. No, great idea. You're much that. better at promo than I am. No. <laughs> Um, so you must have had a lot of fun. It along was the way. so fun. Yeah. Like I grew up in a, in like regional area in Victoria, and we had like a lot of weird competitions, and and wood chopping was actually one of them, which is why I really wanted to do wood chopping because it was a huge thing in in like Anglesey, this small town where I was. Mm. That once a year, all the wood choppers would like ship in, and they'd put up all of these big logs, and these massive men in like white singlets would chop chips into these logs, like these vertical logs. Mm and then put blanks into them and then race to the top. Yeah. And I, as like an eight-year-old kid, that is as good as it gets. Oh, yeah, superhuman powers. Yeah. yeah. That's the, we didn't have a TV in where I grew up, so <laughs> that was the best entertainment available. Uh-huh. And I just love, there's so many weird small towns in this country and all of them have a weird thing. Mm. And we barely scratched the surface. Like at the start of the year when we were trying to do the research on what we could go to, the list was really long and we had to whittle it down to eight. Uh-huh. And it came down to a lot lot of it was just scheduling. Like what can we actually get to around the radio show and what we're trying to get to every state as well and have a variety, like some very action-based, some a bit more like artistic and also trying to get a different kind of mix of characters that we would meet. Because when we go to each competition, we meet like a coach or someone who teaches us about their special event. And then they try to sort of distance themselves from you in some cases. Anyone who spends time with me after a while will distance themselves. (laughs) You'll get there. Um, so we'll circle back to talking about some of the competitions that you um, researched but didn't get to actually yes. compete in for this special. But before we do, I've got a few questions about some of the comps. Please. You'd enter. Bring them on. So I don't imagine you do a lot of wood chopping in your day-to-day life <laughs> um, and then you went from zero to like 100 trying to cut through this massive, massive log. Yeah. Right? How were your hands and forearms after you'd tried to complete that? Really sore. The mm. forearms actually, that's a great shout because I, if you've ever, I did, we had a fire growing up. So I did used to chop wood. Mm. It's a, it was very different. It was like end on end. That was like splitting a log. But this is, the log is uh, sideways. It's like horizontal to the ground. It's very big. Mm. And you literally put it into like a bracket chop some footholds on the edge, and then you have to stand on the log. I didn't know that when we signed up. I thought we'd be standing off the log and chopping the log. Mm. And also I thought you just go straight through the middle. Mm. Like that's the best, fastest way between two points. Mm. But no, you've got to kind of come at it from the sides, which means you're actually going just past your toes. And it is those axes, like those professional axe axes, are the sharpest things I've ever seen, and they're so heavy. And I, you'll see it in the show, but we are not that good at it. Mm. I wouldn't say you could look at you can see me now. <laughs> Would you both agree that I don't necessarily have the broad shoulders of a classic lumberjack? <laughs> it's believable yeah. when you say that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I have a slender neck. Mm. You know, <laughs> this neck wasn't meant to go through logs. Uh, and so we got there and, you know, it isn't necessarily the most – it is a very athletic sport in some ways, mm. but the the body type is – Big. Bulky. It's bulky. It's just, you know, the, the, they said all the wood choppers were like, the night before a good chop, you should have like half a bottle of whiskey and a steak. <laughs> we made the crowd uncomfortable with how long we took. We saw it on their faces yeah. in the show. <laughs> They're so yeah. angry. Yeah. Um, and disappointment, just, frustration, yeah. These Queensland families who had just come to have a nice time at the Ecker, mm. who were just watching two idiots Ruin nearly chop off their foot. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then I thought you might have actually shown this once you got to the end of that segment. The last time, and I promise it's going to be the last time in my life that I tried chopping a, um, what do you call it, a stump oh, yeah. out of the ground. Like I spent probably a good hour working away with an axe on this thing. My hands were like frozen into place and because of the impact of hitting again and again and again, like the pain was just excruciating in both my hands. I literally had to get someone to help me brush my teeth <gasps> and tie my hair up for me <laughs> for the next few days because I had these cut little claws. Hands. And so I was like, oh, those boys. They, they're going to be in so much pain. They're going to be in so much pain. It was crazy. It, yeah, yours wasn't as extreme as mine. I'm glad to know. It wasn't that. quite so bad. We had done a little bit of training, but also the moment we finished, every single person there was just so keen to get us to drink Bundy. Like they, <laughs> they, were, they were just, they had Bundy in the fridge. They had cans of, like, it was just like, get this, get these idiots from mm. Sydney a Bundy. And um, <laughs> so we, we kind of started drinking before the pain set in. Oh, smart. Yeah. Gosh, that's normally my MO. How did I drop the ball on that one? Um, And then, yes, you mentioned the ancient art of Turkish oil wrestling. That is where things take a very homoerotic turn about halfway through the show. And if that doesn't sell it to the gistness, (laughs) I don't know what will. Greasy men rolling around on top of each other. Can you please explain to me what is the deal with the hands down, Mm. the leather pants? Mm -hmm. You stick your hand down your opponent's leather pants and I'd love to know what the advantage of doing that is. Yes. So you strip down until to just these leather pants and they sort of go from like hip to just above the knee Mm. and they are tight. They're the tightest things I've ever worn in my life. Mm -hmm. They make lycra look like parachute pants. Like they are (laughs) – and they're because they've got a rope around the top, that's Mm. like the belt – and the rope doesn't move. Mm. So it's not like there's no give in these things. And they were saying when we got into these pants, they're like, oh, normally we would get like a kangaroo jack uh-huh. and stretch the pants mm. before someone gets in. But we don't have time to do that, so we'll just have to get you into them, squeeze, squeeze you, in. you in. And it was it's the most pain I've been in in recent memory, more so than breaking the leg. Like getting into the pants was so painful. And you have to pour olive oil all over your legs, mm. all over your hips, just to get into the pants. So yeah. everything is oily. Mm. And, in fact, <laughs> the guy, our coach, he's a lovely Turkish man who lives in Queensland. His name is Russell, uh-huh. uh, who you'll meet if you watch the show. Mm. And when we were talking to him, we were like, hey, Russell, when we we said, what? You, first of all, what's the go with the underwear under the leather pants? Mm. And he's like, no, 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 no. you got to get the underwear off because once the other wrestlers reach into your pants, mm. if they can grab the underwear, it's easier for them to wrestle you. Uh-huh. So you need... Skin, so that they their hands slip when they go in, and I can see your eyes going up. And they were right too, because that's what we're like. I don't. That feels like an excuse to get some touching. Yeah, if I'm honest. Uh, but he anyway. We went behind this little like hessian sack, as you can see in the show, and and we're like, well, I guess we just get naked. Like that's what we were told to do. And also, like it is a really important traditional sport in Turkey. And so we didn't want to be disrespectful. Yep. You know, we were like, no, this is like we were here to learn. Mm. And even though for us it was quite funny for us personally to do, it was also a very important and like impressive thing to watch. Mm. But anyway, me and Hing, we've never been nude together. <laughs> we're just standing in this like field in Queensland with these oily men around us going, I guess let's just get nude together for the first time after 10 years of get friendship. Rammed into a pair of leather pants. <laughs> yeah. So we just strip down and we get this big tub of oil and we just start tipping oil all over our junk because we like we need to oil up our thighs to get our pants on. 
And then Russell, our like coach, this sort of older Turkish man, walks behind the sort of um, covering and he sees us just junk out tipping oil on our dicks, basically. <laughs> and he's like, "What are you doing?" And we're like, "What do you mean? What are you doing?" He's like, "You're not supposed to put it straight on like that." And we're like, "We asked you." <laughs> and he's like, "No, you're supposed to cover yourself up." And then he brings out this thing that he had neglected to mention in training, mm. which is like a modesty sarong that you put on <laughs> over the top and then you slip the pants on underneath. <laughs> but he had not mentioned the modesty sarong to us. So there was no need for Hingers and I to get naked and pour oil on each other's dicks. But anyway, and Russell was horrified. Oh. He was like, I can see your private parts. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, Russell. <laughs> anyway, then we got jammed into the pants. But I think because you are so oily, you're covered head to toe in oil, yeah. The only thing you can grab onto, if you try to grab onto an arm or a shoulder, your hands slide right off. Yeah. So the only thing that has any grip <laughs> is the leather pants. So you have to slide your hand inside between the pants and the thigh uh-huh. and grab the leather with your hands from the inside. Okay, so that answers my question, mm. what are you grabbing? Because all I could see was hands disappearing inside <laughs> pants and obviously getting a hold of something. Yes. wasn't quite clear what. Well, that's the other thing is they forgot to mention that when they were doing the training. So we didn't realise that it was palm to the pants. Mm-hmm. We thought it was palm... To skin the to skin. Skin to skin. Mm. Exactly. So while we were training, we were just putting our hands down our coach's pants and basically just caressing their oily butts. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't stop you? Well, they were again, they were so polite. All of these people across, they, everyone wanted to help us. So they're just like, okay, well, this strange man is grabbing my butt, going against 600 years of tradition. Uh and then they were like, oh no, guys, you, you gotta grab the leather. That's what. Uh. And then we went, oh. This makes a lot more sense. But we were chatting to a Turkish friend afterwards. We were like, hey, what's the go with this sport? Because from where we sat, it looked like it was, yeah, pretty homoerotic. Oh, 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 oh. (laughs) I promise you. Yeah. Yes. But this guy's like, oh, no, in Turkey, like this is the jockiest thing you could do. Like if you go to, if you're like, you know, in Turkey and you do this big, it's like $100,000 prize to Mm. win the Turkish oil wrestling annual event there. And they're like, oh, no, it's basically like going to, like, rugby league. Mm. It, it To us it was like, look, 600 years ago mm. did some men just need, like, a way in Turkey to, like, comfortably get naked with each other? Yeah. That's what it sort of seemed like to us. But we were told that that is not accurate. Yeah, I mean, I've got a theory that all sports are really just an excuse for men to touch mm. each other, mm. even if it's just as spectators. The only time they'll get to sort of hug and show affection with their mates is when yes. their team wins and they're celebrating. A lot of so, butt taps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One other competition that I had question about. It's mm. kind of junk related again. You entered Anastedford yes. and Hing plays the piano while you perform a very beautiful Thank interpretive yeah. dance. I agree. Um, lovely, simple, elegant costume. <laughs> and the first question that came to my mind is, is he wearing a dance belt? I am wearing a dance belt. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Do you know, I had to go to Block, uh-huh. which if there are any dance enthusiasts, they would know it's, you know, mm-hmm. a real, it's a dance store. Then there's there's ones all over Australia. And uh, I, I, if you've never seen me before, I, I'm, I'm six foot three. I'm very skinny. Uh, I am not the kind of person who normally walks into block. You know what I mean? Like I went there on a Saturday morning and I felt like I should have been put on a watch list. Like it was, it's just mums and they're like seven-year-old girls 
And I was in there and I'm like, I'm a man in my 30s. I've got like ironic glasses that look a bit like Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm. Like I, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> and and I, as soon as I got in, I felt uncomfortable. I was like, oh, I'm going to make these poor people just trying to go buy their dance clothes have a bad time. Mm. And But no one would serve me either. So I was, <laughs> they, I was like... I, I just doing that thing, you know, where you're waiting to get served, so you walk around and you just like look at stuff. Mm. But everywhere you go was more of a crime because everywhere I'd go, I was like, "Oh no, Charles Leotard, turn, turn! <laughs> oh no, woman's bust! Oh no, like everything I did looked creepy in yeah. in block. You can't win." Uh, eventually, a very kind person came and helped, and once I explained the bit, mm. they got it and they loved it and they oh. re- they helped me out. But yes, I I um I was texting a friend of mine who's in the Australian ballet. I was like, hey, like, what's the go with the, how do you protect the, because mm. I've, I've seen him dance and it is sometimes hard to take your eyes off the junk. <laughs> and I was like, how do you, you know. Minimise movement. Minimise movement. Because it can draw attention. <laughs> and minimise definition. Mm. Because you don't mm. want it to be like too, <laughs> you want something, you want to be like a Ken doll. Yeah. Not in, yes. in all of life, <laughs> but when one is dancing. <laughs> You know, you're like, eyes up here. (laughs) And particularly because we knew that even though we were going to an all-ages of Steadford, Mm. again, mostly children. And, again, you want to be very respectful of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so I was like, I please do whatever. I'm going to be wearing leotards, but I really do want to make sure I don't Mm. do something inappropriate here. And so, yeah, they give you like a skin-coloured G-string that's almost got like a slice of Wonder White bread on the front (laughs) that just sort of... (laughs) Thickly even padded, yes, yes. thickly padded, and just sort of smooths out mm. your junk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I all ridges are just yeah disguised. I mm. haven't worn a g-string in a while, and it is it is a g-string mm. um, shape. Um, and I call them a g-strap. Yes, I got to experience one for the very first time this year, and we'll get to that in a second. <gasps> but the discomfort, I've never worn a g-string in my life, and so to just go straight from zero to this g-strap. <laughs> Doing a very vigorous dance was a lot. Oh, you've done it as well. Okay. Yes. And actually, you know what? My experience up until this point, very, very similar to yours, going into a dance, what do they call it? Supplies, costume, whatever, store, um, and just being completely um, unaware of where (laughs) to begin. Like, I'm also six foot four. Fully. what do you have for me? And they don't have it out. They don't have it on display. No, the we're stuff have for you to and I. Order a special thing in <laughs> yeah. for you, but don't worry, we'll get it shipped here. They as have soon a special sex pest section of the yeah. store. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, please, can you just go into this behind this black curtain? There are ten other tall men. <laughs> the rest of the regular customers don't yeah. really want to see you. Um, but yeah, then I asked the question of like, so should I get like some some bike shorts or mm. what sort of underwear is going to work underneath this sparkly leotard that right. you've found for me, which is fabulous, thank you. Um, and the woman in Attitude Dancewear in Canberra was like, oh, Dal, you've got to have a dance belt. We've yeah. got to get you a dance belt. And I was like, what? what's the dance belt? She got it out and showed it to me and I was like, that looks like a torture device. Yes. But I will go ahead and I will put it on. And now I want to know if you got the same instruction as I got, which was <laughs> with this exact finger gesture, <gasps> when you put it on, willy up. Oh, no, you know what? I wish I had because uh-huh. I was unsure. And again, sorry to the listeners for the next few moments, but I was wiggly. I had to try. So I was like, it was like a gear stick. I'm like, I don't, am I in reverse or in fifth gear? I didn't know where to put it. <gasps> Willie up. Yes. 
Thank goodness for Amy from Attitude Dancewear. And she looked me dead in the eye when she said the words, <laughs> Willie up. she give you that finger motion? That was exactly what she did. Now, the curse of that was because this we opened our live shows of Just the Gist when we were on tour mm. earlier this year. We opened with a very spectacular dance oh, number. Of course. And then we leave those costumes on and just put our robes over the top of the dance costume and then sit on a couch for over an hour. Oh, no. So I've got that dance belt on with that strap going up my crack with my willy pointing to the heavens. (laughs) So desperately uncomfortable. Um, And there were some times where we'd perform like two shows in a night or we'd do four nights in a row and I would get to the end and everything. Was just crying out for relief. Oh, swollen. Um, yes, and so I, that's what I was curious about. Were you wearing a dance belt? Did you get that special instruction? No, you didn't. I wish Glad I had. I could help you out here for Thanks. next time. Where were you six months ago <laughs> when I needed you? And so you compete in these eight different competitions, mm. but your list of competitions you wanted to enter must have been so incredibly long. Even the short list must have had stacks on there. Yeah. So what I'd love to do is now hear a bit about some of the wacky competitions here in Australia that you wanted to enter but weren't able to fit in this first chapter of your TV adventure. Great. Yes, there are so many. And, look, we hopefully we'll get to do this again. And these are definitely on our our dream list. Mm -hmm. One of the ones that we we're going to do is there is a festival in Nimbin called the High Times Festival mm-hmm. and basically everyone just competes stoned. <laughs> so it's like a it's like an anti-drug policy. Whatever the drug policy for like cycling is, uh-huh. this is the reverse. It's just like a bunch of stoned people doing competitions, which I'm desperate to see. Uh-huh. Uh, but one, there's a bong toss, which is just, <laughs> it's literally just a bunch of people in Nimbin just tossing bongs as far as they can. And... I want to be a part of that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. There's, in fact, there's a lot of tosses around the country, <laughs> which, yeah, might not surprise you. There's a tuna toss in South Australia. Uh-huh. So up until recently, it was real tuna. Uh-huh. So they would. It's a tuna town, and uh, and you just you pick up a tuna and throw it as far as you can, and that's mm. the whole competition. They do it with a rubber tuna now, uh, but it used to be real tuna. There's a melon competition <laughs> in Chinchilla, um, uh-huh. and it's just a watermelon. Bonanza. Mm. And the competition we really wanted to enter there is there is a um, melon pip, pit, pip, spitting competition. Uh-huh. So you just like... Okay. Try to spit, spit your pips. Spit the furthest or spit the most pips or... I, I furthest. Furthest. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which I'm really excited about. There is... Oh, my God. There are so that many. That doesn't appeal to me. I really? I don't want to see that on TV. No, thank you. There is... There's a penny farthing race in uh, Tasmania that we'd quite like to do. Uh-huh. Uh, which is... It's... It's pretty much just like a bunch of weird people in Tassie jumping on penny farthings and racing around a car park, Uh which sounds really fun. I'd like to do that. You know what? We were going to do a rodeo, um, but there were a bunch of reasons we decided not to. One of it, we we weren't quite sure we stood on the cruelty Mm. to animals side. I mean, when I say (laughs) don't know where we stood... We are anti-cruelty to animals. Yes. We just <laughs> good save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just were like, oh, we weren't. We hadn't. I don't know anything about rodeo, so I wasn't quite yeah. sure how cruel they were. And I've, I've never been to one. I've never seen one. Um, but when we watched a few videos, we were like, oh, it's probably not. But also, before we even got to that, the ABC was just like, no, we're not going to let you ride a bull. Yeah. Like, you idiot. <laughs> you can't afford that insurance. You fully, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, how how much TV do you think you'll get from this? People last three seconds, mm. and we went, oh yeah, that's. Going to be really boring. 
Um, any others that you're keen to? <clears throat> well, here's into? the thing. So uh, we want to do another season or two in Australia. Yep. That's the dream. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, go this global. One, go global. Yes. Right? There are so many incredible competitions all over the world, and we could do it continent by continent uh-huh. or country by country. Uh-huh. But there, are, I've started looking into. This the ABC can't afford this, so I don't know why I'm torturing myself with this plan. But I would love to do some international competitions because uh-huh. there are some that I have wanted to do my whole life, mm-hmm. and there is one in particular that is in. It's like right where Italy and Austria and Switzerland meet. Mm-hmm. So there's like a mountain, and uh, every November they have a Santa Claus competition. Uh-huh. So they want to find the world's best Santa Claus. Uh-huh. And so there's like a bunch of grueling tests. It's called like, I, I, it's, it's in like Swiss German. So it's like Klau Wow uh-huh. or Claw War. Mm-hmm. And it is, so there's a series of Santa Claus tests that you have to compete in. So you have to like ride a sleigh. Uh-huh. And you have to, they, they don't use real reindeer, but you have to like ride this like wooden reindeer down a hill uh-huh. to prove that you can ride a really good reindeer. And then they've got these giant Christmas hats. Like when I say giant, I mean like, I don't know, four metres tall mm-hmm. with a little uh, eye hole cut out of them and you have to stand <laughs> inside the giant hat and just looking through the eye hole, you have to like find presents that have been littered around the, the snow fields, <laughs> kind of like an Easter egg hunt. Yeah. But the best part, in my opinion, is there is um, a full chimney uh-huh. that they've just built in the middle of the mountain to test the Santa Claus's abilities to climb the chimney. <laughs> and so you have to scale this wall in your Santa suit uh-huh. with a sack of uh, gifts and then you have to get to the top of the chimney and then you have to ring a bell and then you have to come back down. Oh, they don't get to go down the middle. No, oh. I, I imagine that's an OHS issue. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, difficult to But capture. that is another one I'd really love to do. There are so many. There's... um. The Highland Games. Do you know the Highland mm. Games in Scotland? Mm. Um, they throw lot. the big poles. They throw the poles. Yeah. That's an. I would be so bad at that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know why I want to do it. But there's one that they do there, which is like uh, the. It's like a pole vault, mm. but over like marshes and bogs. Yeah. So you stick in a pole and you just have to jump over a little river mm-hmm. and land on the other side. I'd love to do that. The cheese rolling competition. Give oh. Us, mm-hmm. Dude, you've mentioned so many that I'm like, you're going to break more than a leg if you do yeah. that one. That, I've got to draw the line there. If really? If you give that a crack, <laughs> I don't think you're coming back with less than two casts. I, I'm i willing to break my other leg if I get to do cheese rolling. It looks insane. For anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about. It is a really steep hill. I think there's they do one in Italy and I think they do one in uh, England somewhere. And they get a full wheel, like the biggest wheel of cheese you've ever seen. Mm. These kind of like metre-high wheels of cheese. And they push them off the top of the hill and then they just run next to them. And the people get crushed by the wheels of cheese. People trip over the potholes. Almost no one makes it out. It's Gallipoli of cheese. Like no one comes home Mm. from this event. It is... Carnage. It's it's carnage. It's savage. It's insane. I don't know why anyone does it, and yet the moment you see it, there is a part of your soul that says, "You must do this. Uh-huh. Someday you must do this." Uh-huh. And I'd love to. I want. I don't. I want to roll the cheese. I don't even know what the prize is. I assume all of the cheese. <laughs> That's a good. Point. <laughs> Just like a lifetime supply of giant cheese wheels. What are you gonna yeah. do with that? How are you gonna get it home? 
Well, that's a good point. Look, Ship worry it. about that when you win. Yeah. yeah. Look, also, obviously, the Olympics. I'd quite like to compete in the Olympics. Okay. <laughs> um, but I obviously, that's... I don't know if you've heard. That's quite hard. Mm-hmm. We did compete against a bunch of Olympians a while back um, to try to steal their spot for the Olympics for the Tokyo Games. Uh-huh. So even though I'm not very good at anything, I do sort of have a part of my brain that believes that on someone's worst day, mm-hmm. even an Olympian, <laughs> on their absolute worst day, if I just get them, you know, a bit dusty or sl- slipping in some way, I could beat them at their own game. Spoken like a true straight white man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is, I have a, a straight white man's confidence in mediocrity. <laughs> So, hang on, the Olympians that you were trying to beat, what sport was that? Um, Diving. Ah. (laughs) Which was quite hard. Table tennis was one. Uh, We also did archery. Uh Uh-huh. And there was one more. What was the other one? It'll come back to me. Uh Uh-huh. But table tennis, I think in my mind, table tennis, I was like, you've played table tennis? You've played table tennis, Right. How hard could it be? How hard could it be? It's been a few years, but I'm sure it's like riding a bike. Yeah. So we showed up to play the Australian representative in table tennis mm. and I was like, you know, we, I, I imagine she's very good. Mm. But I'm like, I know how to throw the old ta- ping pong ball around. <laughs> Literally for 45 minutes, I didn't touch the ball. Like I didn't t- <laughs> not, even, not only did I not win a point, I didn't get a ball back. They're playing a different sport to the one yeah. we play. It's insane. Yeah. And then as soon as it was happening, again, you have that, like, shock where you're like, why did I ever think I could do this? Yeah. Like, of course you're not going to beat an Olympic table tennis player, you freaking idiot. But, yeah, I spent a lot of my time being overconfident and then coming crashing back down to reality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe you're one of the best in the world at that. Maybe that's Hello. a competition you could end up I'm loving where this is going. It up. Yes. Um Look, you might have looked into these, but Mm. these are some competitions from around the world that I was going to put out there as suggestions for you um, for season two, season three, who knows. Have you heard of something called chess boxing? (gasps) I have. I have. (laughs) I have. And I can, well, maybe describe it for people who haven't. Lindsay, have you heard of this? Never heard of it. So over the course of a few minutes, I think it's 11 minutes, they have rounds. And they alternate between playing a game of chess and then ding, 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 move on to the next round, beat the crap out of each other, and then ding, 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 sit down, back to the chess game, and on and on and on. And so they're winning points through the boxing, I believe. Yeah. And, of course, then whoever ends up either completing or um, getting the most points through the chess game is it's the insane. Winner, ultimately. Did I get that right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And then they, they just sort of, yeah, tally it up at the end. And because obviously every time you get bashed in the head, you get a bit dumber. So you sit back down to do chess and you're not really thinking that clearly about the chess because you've just been smashed in the face. It's a bit like, have you seen the slapping competitions? Yeah. <laughs> we, we did talk about that because it's that we, that is like quite official. I think there is a sort of chess boxing, obviously, like someone has just put that together and I love it. But I think the slapping competition actually does go back. There is some sort of tradition and it's, it is what it is. Like two people stand next to each other and one person gets a free shot at slapping them mm. as hard as you can in their face. And if you stay standing, then you get to do it back to them. And then the process repeats <gasps> until someone falls over. It's deranged. Yeah. 
It's pretty wild. Yeah. I don't want to watch that, so I don't <laughs> want you to do that for the next season, but I would endorse seeing you in a round of chess boxing. Okay, yes. Each other. I get to wear a helmet, I think. Uh, we'll allow that. Thank yes, you so much. For sure. Yeah. Yep. This is another one that I don't think I really want to see, but I do at the same time think it would be really funny. Rolling in the Grits. I've never heard of Rolling in the Grits. In the USA. Yep. So they fill up a kiddie pool with grits. What are is, grits? It's some sort of fried up food they have as a side dish uh-huh. um, in a lot of southern cooking. I've and heard of it, but I've never really... I'm pretty sure it's potato and bean based. Yum. I might okay. be making that up. Do you know what? I'm going to go ahead and Google it because yeah, it costs nothing <laughs> um, to actually have the information at hand. Maybe they're meat based. Yeah, my hunch was potato as well, but I've never... Um... I've just heard people say grits and never bothered to – I'm like, well, I'm never going to encounter grits. I don't need to know about them. But maybe I will encounter grits. Um, okay, so it turns out I was actually way off and it's like a porridge. So Ugh. it's really not for you because Yuck. it's halfway between yeah. a liquid no. and a solid made from boiled cornmeal. Um, and, yeah, the concept is quite basic. You get into a kiddie pool filled with grits – fully clothed, Ugh. you are weighed before you get into the kiddie pool and then the goal while you're in there is to gather up as much of the grits <gasps> as you possibly can either by swallowing it oh. or stashing it in your clothing, no. getting it through your hair, getting it all to, no. as much to stick to as possible. You get out of the pool, you're weighed again. The winner is the person who managed to take yeah. the most grits out of the pool I with like them when they got out. I think... Well, Lindsay, as a... If I may, sick freak who likes jelly. <laughs> Is that something you would like, apart from just the joy of winning, would you actually enjoy the feeling of porridge on your skin? You know what? The only time of day when I don't, <laughs> I don't think, think I about... Sorry, Jacob, you look away. This <laughs> the is only time of day when I'm not thinking about eating oats is when I'm eating oats in the morning. It's the best 10 minutes <laughs> of my entire day and then I spend the rest of the day thinking about when I can eat them next. I love porridge. I would love this. Wow. Is this a new fact for you? (laughs) (laughs) We've been unravelling Lindsay bit by bit, episode by episode over the last few months, and I'm just fascinated by all the things we learned. Now I'm just always going to look at you and instantly think she's fantasising about oats. (laughs) Did you not just consider you could have oats for lunch? I could, but then also I don't want to become too desensitised to them. Sure. Like the joy of only having them for breakfast is that I get to look forward to them once a day. Uh-huh. But if there I have them for multiple food. meals, then they become a bit more routine and mm. takes the joy out of it. Okay. All right. Well, I think we found the competition for you. <laughs> Um, okay, that would be terrific. Well, speaking of competitions that we're curious to know if they exist, yes. final question for you. Mm. What competition doesn't exist yet, but if it did exist, you reckon you'd win it without question? <sighs> okay. This is – I've never dreamt of just inventing a competition that I'm great at. Mm. Obviously for Lindsay, porridge eating. <laughs> <laughs> we know that now. Um, what would I be best at? I he, You probably feel this as well as someone who has a made-up job. Mm. <laughs> Do you often feel like you don't have any skills? Like I, obviously in the apocalypse, mm. the three of us, the first to go. Oh. We are of no use to society. 
prior to this job, I was a makeup artist. <laughs> what value am I going to add? Hence why my hands were just destroyed by a few minutes of using an axe. But makeup, I would, I would argue that being a makeup artist is a skill. It is a skill, yes. Yeah. Post-apocalypse. Not True. Not be adding a lot of value for anybody. No, but I don't have that. Like, I don't have anything to fall back on. Okay. Being a professional idiot <laughs> is all I've got. Um, and I don't think there's a competition for that. In fact, you know what? There is, and we made it up. It's a new television show. <laughs> <laughs> Australia's best competition competition. Um, you know, what am I really good at? God, I should have, th- I've been trying to think about this, but my self-loathing is so high that I haven't been able to think of anything that I'm good at. <laughs> There's got to be something that I'm good at. Well, while we wait to hear from you, yeah. Lindsay, do you know what your answer would be? Thankfully, I came prepared and okay. I think sounds about... sounds like a dig, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think about this competition on a regular basis. There's an actual one that exists. In, it's in Stanthorpe in Queensland. It is the Apple and Grape Festival and every year they have an apple peeling competition. <gasps> so I don't know how they judge it if it's a fastest that you can peel an apple with a like vegetable peeler or if it's maybe you get a certain amount of time and you need to see like how many apples you can peel and how long the peels are Mm. but I think that I would win that competition out of all the competitions because I have spent up until last year I think I didn't need apple peel I peeled my apples every day so I'm just really really good at peeling apples why didn't you eat apple peels it's a texture thing see yeah I like soggy food but apple peel crunching into it not for me I've decided that if I, there was a competition that I could win mm. that I and could actually win win not just do well at it would need to be a sort of pentathlon uh-huh. It would need to have five events because if I just picked one thing that I'm good at, like rollerblading, for mm. instance, I'm pretty good at it. But if I was to go up against the best in the world, mm. I'd be nowhere. Uh-huh. But if we started adding things, it was like pentathlon that was like rollerblading. Uh-huh. And so I could come, you know, 10th, but then it was also like folding T-shirts, <laughs> which I'm really good at. My 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 wardrobe does look a bit like a serial killer's. Mm. Like it is even. Everything is like to an edge. Really good. Uh-huh. Um, then, and again, I wouldn't win. There'd be like Marie Kondo would probably crush me, mm. but I'd be in the mix. So, and she would be a shit rollerblader, I imagine. <laughs> I haven't seen Marie Kondo rollerblade, but I reckon she'd be terrible. Mm-hmm. So on aggregate, I would end up doing quite well. What else could I be okay at? Eating ice cream. I think if there was an eating competition that was ice cream only, uh-huh. I can eat ice cream all day. I could eat it. For, it's my porridge. Uh-huh. <laughs> I could go, and I can't believe that yours is porridge and mine is ice cream. Again, you and I, very different people. I genuinely could. I can eat it. Like I will eat a tub a night. Uh-huh. I'll just throw, I'll just go straight through it. I won't even blink. Is it your like superpower that you don't get an ice cream headache? And you never have never had an ice cream okay, headache in my life. That's where you've got the unfair advantage over everyone. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um. So maybe those three events okay. between those three events, rollerblading. Folding T-shirts, eating ice cream. You are best at that specific combination. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, maybe for one of the seasons you can set that competition up. It's a really good idea. Tip the scales towards (laughs) yourself. All right. Well, I mean, Lindsay came up with that question and asked me to answer it. Oh, yeah. What's your answer? Honestly, the only thing that I think that I can do better than anyone else on this planet 
is procrastinate. <gasps> so if we could say oh my that, God, like, the competition <laughs> that never starts. <laughs> the 2021 procrastination uh, competition <laughs> shall be held in 2040. <laughs> no one has submitted their paperwork. We don't have any judges. None of them have turned up. We haven't booked a venue. In fact, we haven't even got a website. <sighs> but the good news is I've already won because yeah. none of that bothers me. Push it off, push it off, defer. That's great. Yeah. Fantastic. So, Lewis, thank you so, so, so much for coming on board oh, and telling us you. a bit about um, the creative process. Thanks for having me. the experience me. of Australia's best competition competition. So people can find that on... ABC iView. Okay. Which, if people aren't aware that that's a thing, mm. it's a website. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, a, free. it's a website and an app. Oh, they've got an app. They've okay. got an app. Uh-huh. It's it's Netflix, but it's free. It's terrific. Thank you for saying that. Go and check it out. Lindsay's a big, big fan. It's the only TV she watches. If it's not on Ivy or YouTube, not worth it. She hasn't seen it. That's amazing. Can I quick, but again, because just because I'm fascinated by you, <laughs> what, because I agree, obviously I'm here to be a corporate shill for iView, and there actually is heaps of good stuff on it, and more good movies than I originally anticipated. Mm. I was like, the ABC can't afford international films. They can. But what do you watch on it? Because there's also a lot of, like, David Attenborough and, like, Antiques Roadshow, Grand Designs. Yeah, I'll watch Foreign Correspondent. Okay. Maybe some Four Corners. Yep. Um, I really love Jennifer Wong's show. Oh, yeah? Um, I can't remember the title. It's, like, Chopsticks and Forks, maybe? Kind of like yours, except absolutely nothing by like yours, in that she goes to small regional towns around Australia. She doesn't do any competitions. She eats Chinese food. Um, Honestly, what a, what a genius <laughs> Jen Wong is. She got to go around the country eating Chinese food. <laughs> I, we had to go around breaking our leg doing activities. <laughs> she had a much smarter idea for a TV show. <sighs> and have a word to Jen Wong. I see how she, you know, made that happen. Uh. Do check that out, but not before you check out Australia's Best Competition. competition. We've only got one episode, so you can get through ours in 60 minutes and then go off and watch It's really good Correspondent. Fun. For the whole family, very family-friendly, um, thanks to that dance belt that um, protected your modesty. Um, I have that at home and I like. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Yes, <laughs> like, I hope I never have to wear this again, but I, I also don't want to have to go through the process of buying Boy, another one. Yeah, I'm like, I've got to keep it, but... Every time I go to get underwear out in the morning, I, I like my hand brushes the dance belt. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> reminded, triggered. Um, can people see it if they're overseas? We have quite a few people who listen in other countries. Not currently, okay. unfortunately, no. Unless you have a VPN, um, but no. But we will be putting them out eventually mm-hmm. on YouTube. Cool. We'll cut them into um, segments, segments, so people can watch the different competitions on mm-hmm. YouTube. Wicked. Um, but where that won't be for a little while. Uh-huh. But once that happens, please do that because that will also be very fun. Be patient, offshore listeners. Mm. Um, okay, so before we wrap it up, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me. Well, uh, they can find my socials if they like. It, Lewis Hobber is my name. It's just that's all my socials, L-E-W-I-S-H-O-B-B-A. Or you can listen to me on Triple J if you like mm-hmm. uh, or on um, uh, the other podcast, the one you've been on, in fact, Irrational Fear. Yeah, big fan of that. Comes out every week. Yes, we're doing that at the moment or simply the gist. Mm -hmm. I promise you it is nothing like just the gist despite the fact that it does have a slightly similar name. (laughs) We're not coming for your IP. Oh, (laughs) hey, 
if you want to go into a competition with us. <laughs> I don't. Rosie and I are very, very, very competitive, my friends. Yeah, so. I, d- I don't want that smoke, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you so much for coming on board. Thanks really for having me. Really loved having you. A pleasure. Yeah, we'll catch up with you soon. I hope so. Yeah. Bye. Listener.